Hi, and welcome to WOW Talk. I'm Donna Capacity, a thriving cancer survivor. And I'm her naturopathic doctor, Darlene Gustin. We're here to encourage, educate, and empower you on your journey to optimum wellness. Welcome. Let's talk about fasting. Fasting for beginners. Awesome. So fasting's become very popular and it's not a new topic for naturopathic doctors, but the science is starting to catch up and people are finding it easy and it's helping a lot of people. So it's become one of the new trends now. And for decades, we've been told breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but there's actually science to say that that's not true for everybody and some people do benefit from fasting. Yeah, so there's all different kinds, I guess, of fast, but also what is safe and healthy? Because I remember when I was much younger, I would do these fasting diets and I would not have enough energy. I'd be really lethargic. Uh, I'd be irritable too. Oh, yes, my moods were terrible. So, I mean, yeah, how does one even go about fasting? So what is safe and effective can't be answered in a global way because I don't know if I'm talking to a diabetic or someone who's on medication. So it's obviously always best to have some guidance with a professional. But what's popular these days that seems to be well tolerated by the masses is the 16 to 8 ratio of fasting where for 16 hours you are not consuming any calories. So you could have water, herbal tea, black coffee, etc. But nothing that would, you know, turn the digestive system on. And, and all of your food is consumed in the remaining eight out of every 24 hours. So that in those eight hours, that could constitute two or three meals. And there's no calorie restriction. You just time when you eat. Now, obviously, if you eat well, or if you overlap it with something like low carb or keto meals, you'll get faster results in certain areas of health for certain people. So a lot of people overlap it. But the popular one is a lot of people are missing breakfast and having lunch and having dinner as long as lunch and dinner are within eight hours. And it's working. And basically, you just have to monitor your success. Did you lose weight? Did your blood pressure go down? Did you have a blood test as feedback? And, and if it's working, you continue until you reach your goals. But, but there's many, many other ways of fasting. And I would say the 16 to 8 type of fast would be generally safe. And the other popular one is the 5 to 2 fast, where two days out of the week, you have a day of eating very low calories. So 20 to 30% of what you normally eat a small meal, two days a week, the other five days you do your normal thing. So these are things that most people can do that's generally safe and just see how it goes. Okay, sounds great. Now back to the five and two. Do you do those two days in a row or is it random five and random two? It can be random two days. And um, the other thing is that in those hours that you're eating, going back to the six to eight hour ratio, you don't munch in between. So you crunch all your food into two or three meals. So you're not 
grazing. So it's not like you take your lunch and have a bite here and a bite there and it takes you an hour to finish that sandwich. You sit down, you eat your meal, and you're done until the next meal. Okay, so why is that? Is that something to do with the metabolism? Or, I don't know. Insulin. It has, Insul- to, do, it has oh. to do with insulin. So a lot of the um, restricting of foods, every time you eat food and calories, it stimulates insulin. And we're trying to not have those requests for insulin in the body as often. And during those fasting periods, the one of the big benefits that's getting most of the attention is a process called autophagy, which is a medical word. I know. No idea. <laughs> it means self-digest. Okay. <laughs> so your body's chomping away at yourself. <laughs> There's no food, so you're gonna find a body part to eat instead. But the body is. <laughs> oh, I just had a bad vision there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat my toe today. Oh. <laughs> So, so in autophagy, the body knows that there's calorie restriction and the body will be very selective about which functions are happening and which functions are not happening. And so the body will selectively destroy and, and remove damaged cells. So it's like a detox as well. Oh. And it also resets the immune system. There's a lot of different benefits that happen. And the longer you fast at every so many hours there are different body functions that turn on hormonally and immunity and inflammation goes down so every number of conditions could improve on a fasting state and the interesting thing is i have some patients who are diabetics Mm -hmm. who historically were told eat every three to four hours eat three meals and two snacks a day that would be the total opposite of what intermittent fasting would be about and it is working for some people. And as a naturopath who is focused on treating an individual, it doesn't matter. It's not a surprise. It's about knowing the status of a person's health and saying, well, if your body's working like this, I think that this way of eating or this medication or this supplement would fill in the gap and get you over the hump and get your health back. So if you have been one of those people who had three meals and two snacks a day and it's healthy and it's not an excessive amount of calories and it's not working if you're plateaued or even gaining weight and it doesn't make sense well then try something different sure that makes total sense so i'm doing the math here and i'm thinking it would be a not a bad idea to go from eight at night till 12 the next day i guess people have all different schedules though right but that just seems reasonable to me like i think i could get past eight o'clock, you know, and then not eat anything till, you know, the next day at noon. Definitely. And and that's what most people do because they're commuting. And by the time they get home and make dinner, uh, many, many of my patients are having dinner too late in the day, according to how the body functions. But that's just the way it is. However, having your eight hours of eating earlier in the day is more effective. Oh, okay. So if those hours were, if you had a 10 a.m. breakfast and uh, four to six o'clock dinner and that's it, that would be more effective than uh, eating lunch at 12 or one o'clock and having dinner at seven or eight o'clock. So the body's not designed to be digesting at eight o'clock in the evening. 
Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Although I think about Europeans and how they eat their dinner later because they have a bigger lunch. Exactly. But then their dinner is lighter for sure. Exactly. And that's uh, one of the things I've mentioned in an earlier episode where I that was when I lost all the weight I had gained during university uh, during those years because I did take a trip to Europe for a, a few months and I did a lot of walking and I ate and you are correct in I didn't even pay attention to what the calories were that I was was consuming. It's just I was having this fabulous meal or dinner as we know at lunchtime and then I wasn't hungry later and uh, so I found that even if I was in a social situation where people were having dinner. I just wanted something light, if anything, you know, a salad at the most. Or sometimes I would have just a piece of fruit and that would be it. And that's where things happen naturally. And it was really nice. <laughs> I wish it would happen again. <laughs> so you were you were listening to your body. And yes. Then, and you were tuning into the fact that the human body has its prime ability to digest in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And so we are designed for big lunch, small dinner. And that's why it worked. But there are also longer forms of fasting. You can do a three-day fast, a 21-day fast, a water fast, etc. So definitely the longer the fast, the more you need some professional guidance to go through that. And you don't just suddenly stop eating one day and not eat for 21 days. Those longer fasts, you wean into the fast and wean out of the fast. So there's different steps where let's say you're going to do a one week fast for the purpose of a spring detox. You would prepare the week before and a couple days before you would first drop all animal proteins and meat and dairy. And then the next day you would drop the carbs, but maybe have some salad and some butternut squash soup or something like that. And so you kind of drop the heaviest food first and wean into that period of fasting, whether it's on juices, juice fasting, like with the juicer where you press fresh fruits and vegetables through a juicer. So you could be nourished in that way or, or a straight water fast. And then when you fasted for your period of time, then you bring the fruits and vegetables back. Then you bring the carbs back. Then you bring the animal proteins back if you eat them. So, so it's not just cold turkey where you jump off food and jump back on. Okay, and that makes sense because that would be really hard on the body. And then how about hydrating yourself during the fast? I imagine that is so important. Of course, of course. So hydrating yourself is important because it helps the body detoxify. And the human body is 80% water. Water would be more important than food. Yes. And, and there's different kinds of water too that you could really be strategic or even with the herbal teas. So if you're just doing the simple 16 to 8 version of fasting, which allows herbal teas in the non-eating period, you can be strategic about which tea that is. It doesn't have to be black tea. It has to be a tea that can match whatever health conditions you have. So you could be a person with cardiovascular issues and say, okay, if I'm going to pick a tea, it'll be hibiscus or it'll be dandelion because I'm working on my liver or it will be cinnamon because I'm a diabetic. So so you can really layer these different modalities. And I just wanted to clarify something about the 
five to two plan that on those days when you have 20 to 30 percent of your caloric intake it would also be in one sitting in one meal oh yes so let's say you'd have a regular day on tuesday you're you're doing your normal thing and then wednesday is going to be the day that you fast you would just have one small salad or bowl of soup or something at one point that day okay yeah so you you automatically get your hours than when you're sleeping that you're clearly fasting and then in the morning you go as long as you can before you have your little bowl of soup it could be in the morning it could be anytime you want but the more hours you are in a fasting state the greater the list of benefits okay i have a question though about weight loss and fasting i mean that's why i would want to fast is to do that but the thing is uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily sustain that way of eating um, forever. So if I'm going to do that, I would call that kind of my jump start to get me there. But then maybe I would get down to my weight, but then I'd have to figure out how to maintain it and not once I bring back everything, um, put, it, put the weight right back on again. Correct. So there's something that naturopaths call a protein sparing modified fast. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so we've been using that for decades if the target was weight loss. But the other thing is very important to know what you are losing. Are you losing water or fat or muscle? So prolonged fasts, the danger is that there would be muscle wasting. Mm. So if it's someone like a cancer patient who doesn't have a lot of wiggle room, you would for sure need the guidance and the feedback of a professional. So in my office, I use an equipment called BIA, Bioimpedance Analysis. And this equipment, it measures your body composition. And it tells me how much water, fat, muscles, etc. the body is made of in percentages. And then I have a chart that tells me what those numbers should be for your gender at this age group. And, and then if somebody's doing a fast or a cleanse of whatever type, I usually schedule to read them on the machine first. And then when the fast is over or at whatever time period, I think it should be safe to recheck them, to give them that feedback. Yeah. And that's how I know when they've plateaued, when to stop. I can tell if they need to up the protein, etc. Oh, that's great. Hmm. That's really good because that would be my concern. Because as I was saying, I have done other fasts in my lifetime that were good, you know, and uh, almost like those fads that came and went. And when you're young and you try something and it's like you said, it's more than likely water weight that um, that I lost. And, you know, and it happened rather quickly. So you're like you're feeling really, really great. But then it's not great to feel lightheaded. And, no and uh, tired yeah so no yeah, and yeah. that's that's not something you can do long term no but intermittent fasting or the 168 or the 52 you could technically do that long term okay yeah good to know is there anything else we should go over for our beginner fasters <laughs> sure i can maybe mention what um, an intermediate faster might be interested in okay that sounds so, good another podcast topic but another version of fasting that is also very popular in my profession for patients with various chronic illnesses autoimmune diseases and cancer survivors is juice fasting and that's something that sometimes with my cancer survivors i would recommend one day a week is the juice fasting day so mm -hmm. usually 
patients would have a juicer at home. There's different kinds of juicers, but I would look up different recipes that caters to their kidney or their liver or their breast health or estrogen detoxification, etc. So whatever their health condition is, and I would tell them the recipe is one beet, one apple and one stick of celery, and then it's strategic fasting. So instead of a supplement, they're not eating food that day like a sandwich, but they're having fluids with yes. calories, nutritional dense foods that specifically heal or cleanse a certain organ. So that, that would be the next step. Okay. Wow, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so if you have any questions at all, please do not hesitate to send them to us. Please leave us your comments. Let us know whatever else you would like to know on this topic of fasting and any of the other topics that we've covered. Thank you so much for listening. We love doing this and it looks like we know what our next topic's going to be. <laughs> yes, it does. Thank you again and bye for now. Bye. Bye.